1110-993 WBT. North Carolina is actually one of the states that bucked the trend. Overperformed. I've got a piece here from Stephen Wiley. He did a write-up on all of the state house races. And uh, the only other state that did better than us was Florida. So Republicans are doing something right in this state. And uh, maybe I'll talk to Stephen tomorrow. I've got the piece here. I'm not don't have time to. I'm, I did not expect to be uh, you know talking about uh, abstentions, <laughs> not and protest votes, and throwing your vote away. Trust me, as a libertarian, I can tell you, uh, you know, lowercase l, I'm registered unaffiliated. I've heard all these arguments for 20 years, all the arguments about how you know I need to vote, and I will tell you. At the heart of all of these arguments, trying to tell me that I need to go vote and I shouldn't abstain from one race, that I need to cast a vote in every single race, and I need to do it, and people try all these different reasons to persuade me, but at the end of the day, the very, darn it, I hate that phrase. Sorry, I hate, at the end of the day, I hate that phrase. But what all of those arguments attempting to persuade me, what they all all boil down to, is very simple, and it's the same argument, which is, we expect your vote to go to the guy we want to win. So you should go cast it. That's it. Now, people will deny that that's at the heart of the argument, but that always is at the heart of the argument because as soon as I say, okay, fine, I'll go vote for Hillary Clinton. No, would you prefer I go vote for Hillary Clinton over Donald Trump? No, you would not. So why don't you just let me not vote? How about that? And I'll vote for all of the other uh, uh, candidates that you like. Because again, if... and and. Rob's point, and caller Rob was great. He, like, I, my view of what the, and and there was another one, uh, Craig, who started off before he went down the path of trying to shame me by, you know, by citing dead veterans and such. The, 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 The point that he initially made, I agree with, was the executive branch overreach over the years has gotten worse and worse and worse. And That's one of the big issues for me is I want somebody to rein that in. And Donald Trump did not rein that in. In fact, the only person who ever talked about any of that on the campaign trail back in 2016 in the primary was Rand Paul. And he was out pretty quickly. Rob's point, I think, was exactly right that Donald Trump was hired to bring, you know, to come in and and bring a sledgehammer and just break a bunch of stuff. And he did. He exposed, I mean, this is one of the things that I will forever be indebted to him for, just the exposure of so many people as exactly like what they say he is. They get on their shows and they call him the worst names in the book and they say he does all these terrible things and then they engage in the exact same behavior. He exposed people as being grifters inside the party. And look, there are people, I I get it all the time. I get it all the time from the left. And they say, oh, you're just a Republican. I will maybe, maybe I'll bookmark this podcast and I'll send it to everybody (laughs) after the fact. I am not, like, I view limited government as my top issue. People who propose limiting government, they will more often than not get my vote. Donald Trump did not propose limitations on government that were believable to me. And I admit a lot of that was because Donald Trump is not a believable person to me. And that's just to me. And you can, you can find him completely believable. That's fine. 
I disagree. That's all. Now, whether or not, like last night's speech, I thought too long. It was way too long. But if he's going to engage in that kind of a posture versus the attack, 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 making names for people and all that, like if he's going to go down that route, he's going to make everything about the 2020 election and rigged and stolen and everything else, then he's probably going to get the same result from me. I don't. That I, I'm not attracted to that in a candidate at all. It's actually repulsive to me as a candidate. That's just me. I don't try to persuade people to vote for others. You vote for who you want. You have your own reasons. And I'll ask you your reasons. And sometimes your reasons, and I learned this in 2016, by the way, where like, I literally had to have a discussion with my boss because I said, I, I'm in the primary. I don't like Donald Trump. I don't. I didn't want him to be the nominee. And I railed against him, and I had arguments with listeners for almost a year. So I've heard all the arguments. I've had all the arguments. And then he won anyway. Okay. And so I remember the first day, come back after the primary, this sweet old lady calls up and she says, she's so happy Donald Trump won. And she, you know, says a bunch of other stuff. And then I said, okay, well, thank you for the call. And she says, that's it. <laughs> and I said, what do you mean that's it? And she said, well, I thought you were going to argue with me about it. I said, what's to argue about? He won. He's the nominee. It's over. I, there's nothing else to be said. He's the person. Now he's up against Hillary Clinton. And she's awful. <laughs> right? So like, like, there's, nothing else, there's nothing else to say. And I don't need people to keep trying. This is my big, I always say it, right? Don't whiz on my boots and tell me it's raining. That's all I ask. You can have whatever opinion you want. People can make whatever case they would like. I'm going to ask questions about your premises. I'm going to make que- uh, offer questions about your conclusions if they don't make sense to me. If you could defend them, great. Unchallenged ideas are very easy to hold. Me challenging your idea makes your idea stronger. It makes your opinion, your position stronger. And likewise, learning to, to have the debate, to have the argument, that's important. So this way, when you go out and meet the leftist, you're better armed. You're going to know the arguments, right? That's been my approach to this gig. And it's why when I told my boss, I'm worried that, you know, I'm going to alienate my whole audience and I'm going to lose my job. That was a real possibility. That could happen. It still could happen, right? If enough people don't enjoy listening to the discussions and the topics and all that, I'm out. You know, Rush Limbaugh said something years ago, and I I still do. I mean, I book guests. Rush didn't book guests. Very rarely, I should say. He would very rarely have a guest. And you remember his reason why. Guests are not personally invested in the success of your show. He's so correct. So true. They're not. They're using your show as a vehicle for whatever they're interested in. That's why you got to be very discerning about who you bring on the show. So, and if people don't like the way I do the show, I'll be out. And if people don't, you know, if I'm not sufficiently pro-Trump or anti-Trump or whatever, then I'll be out. But I got to look at myself in the mirror. So, that's me. Uh, All right. uh, Let me see here. This is... Malcolm? Hello, Malcolm. You're in the middle of the uh, call uh, screener software here. You're right in the middle. Line three. Malcolm, welcome to the program. Well, thank you, Pete. Uh, I was uh, After listening to your monologues, not much I left to say except I agree with you. Oh, okay. I did not mean I, to steal I your thunder. That, I did not know what you were going to comment on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I was called calls because, uh, see, when I grew up, uh, being a black male, yeah, during the uh, turbulent 60s, mm. and the first time I was eligible to vote was in 1972. 
and I voted Republican for Richard Nixon. And uh, I've never, I always vote for the candidate I like the best, but then I agree with you. If I can't vote for either one of them, I don't vote for either one of them. And I went to the military for five years for that right, and everyone should have the right and uh, to choose who they want to choose, the vote Democrat, vote Republican. I know I know some people, they, they is it. They don't care about who's on the Republican side. They mm-hmm. are voting Democrat, period. And uh, I, I was teased, I said, yeah, if uh, George Wallace was alive today running for president, they'd probably <laughs> vote for him. Right. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. true. <laughs> oh, that, that is true. Yeah. Yeah, people got, you know, that's what makes this country great. Uh, the, uh, all the diversities and everything. I'm unaffiliated, by the way. Uh, I was a registered Democrat, and I went unaffiliated after the uh, Bill Clinton was impeached, and not one Democrat voted him guilty. Mm-hmm. And I say, no, that's that's not the American way. There should have been at least one or two that should have, you know, it, even with uh, Donald Trump, there was a Republican that voted voted him guilty because everyone just shouldn't just goose up because of what one person or the leadership says. You know, we're supposed to be setting up representatives to think for themselves and do what we want them to do. That's why they call representatives. Well, yes, I agree with you, Malcolm. And also, um, for, b- part of the problem is we get the representation because they are representative of us as a society. And so <laughs> when we complain about the morons in D.C., they are our representatives. So <laughs> I don't know what that says about us. Uh, but yes, yeah, I, I do appreciate the call, sir. Great to hear from you. Thanks for the, uh, thanks for the story. All right. You're All right. Welcome. Yes, sir. Take care. That's a, no, it's good background. I mean, seriously, like that's. I think, well, hang on a second. I thought there was somebody, wasn't there somebody Republican that voted for the impeachment? Oh, that's Murkowski. She's now, she's an independent now. Although Mitch McConnell spent a whole bunch of money to get her in. Matt Mercer had a really good piece at North State Journal, NSJonline.com, North State Journal, talking about Ted Budd's methodical campaign. Campaign launched with fireworks and a monster truck named the Liberal Agenda Crusher. Could have given you the idea that Ted Budd, sorry, Ted Budd, was, uh, does anybody else, whenever I write his name, I write T-E-D-D-B-U-D-D. Does anybody else do that? I do it all the time. (laughs) I don't understand why. Anyway, um... If you thought it was going to be a flashy, loud, and boisterous candidate for U.S. Senate, uh, nope. On the campaign trail, voters were able to see Bud talk about family, the economy, securing the southern border. At its core, the Bud campaign was a representation of the candidate himself, disciplined and focused. There was no obvious front runner. Remember, in the primary, you had Mark Walker first, Governor Pat McCrory got in, and then um, Trump made the endorsements, and he, or the endorsement of Ted Bud. Bud had rolled out these crew chiefs in all 100 counties. Uh, uh, they did so before the endorsement, and then that sort of supercharged the operation. 
Uh, on the financial side, Bud was able to transfer money out of his existing U.S. House account to a Senate run. Got a lot of money from the Club for Growth, which just put out a big poll against Trump. And uh, let's see here. Then it says uh, the Beasley Bud contest would not attract the major spending of classic U.S. Senate races here in North Carolina. They talk about John Edwards or uh, Erskine Bulls, uh, Helms Gantt races, Tillis Cunningham. The outside funding that did come into the race would dent voters' views of Beasley, the Senate Leadership Fund, which uh, is the super PAC tied to Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell. That spent $38 million on behalf of Bud. In the final month of the campaign, the two candidates crisscrossed the state to boost turnout among the party's supporters. Bud brought in Trump, earned the support of the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, showered attention on the state east of I-95 and west of I-77 in a strategy reminiscent of outgoing U.S. Senator Richard Burr. Beasley did not campaign with the sitting president or any major political or any major Democrats. And Mercer said it's a, it was a pretty... It's kind of a boring campaign. I mean, that's. But it was. Or normal. Brett Winterbill called it normal. He asked me when the race first started. He's like, is it just me or do we just have like a couple of normal candidates running for Senate this year? I said, we do. It's, it is true. <laughs> uh, and maybe that's maybe that's what won in the race. All right, let's go back to the phones here. This is Ray. Welcome to the show. Hello, Ray. Hello, Pete. Hey, Hello. what's up? I just uh, wanted to say a couple things that might put some people's mind at ease about the um, stolen elections and these sorts of things. And I've also heard that, and I used to think that, um, you know, we were headed down the road that the Roman Empire went down. But uh, since then, I've kind of convinced myself that we won't end up at the Roman Empire's destination because we have something that no other country has ever had before, and it's a constitution. And, you know, in our system of government, the wheels of justice grind slow, but they grind fine. And so I don't get all up in the air like I did the first year or so after the 2020 election. What do you think about that? Now, I've heard this argument. I think there's merit to it. And and uh, I've heard people suggest that uh, the concerns about the fall of the empire, so to speak, like you mentioned, um, that at the at the core of that argument lies an assumption that that our system is weak, that our country is weak, and that we somehow you know will lose it. And uh, like I don't know if that's I, I don't make that kind of prediction um, that we you know, that we can lose. I do recognize also that you know you can vote your way into communism, but you got to shoot your way out and. You know, freedom is always one generation away from from being lost. And so I, I, I get those arguments as well. But I do think you're right. I think there is something to that argument that is sort of depressing to me that uh, that people don't believe that the system is strong enough. Right. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, we may both be wrong. I mean, I, I would like to think that we are strong enough. But I also wonder, like, because, again, if. If the Constitution is the thing that separates us and makes us so strong, what happens when we abandon those constitutional principles, as I think we have uh, as a society? Right. And I, I think um, a lot of people like I did, too, and I've since changed my own mind about it. They succumb to something called impatience. And you, 
you know, you want the want the things to you want this big ship out in the ocean called the United States to turn around on a dime in uh, one or two election cycles, but it won't do it because our system of government's not set up to work that quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of the things why when people complain about, oh, the Congress isn't getting stuff done, and I usually say something to the effect of, I'm fine with that, because, right. yeah, I want them to move slowly. That's I don't want government doing lots of stuff, generally. Yeah, so I, <laughs> I, just, I just wanted to say this to get your opinion on it like you just gave me, and also to kind of give a lot of other people that are listening uh, something to think about and maybe put their mind at ease like it put mine at ease. Yeah, no, I got you. Ray, thanks for the call, sir. I appreciate you. You're welcome. Thanks, All right, Steve. take care. Yes, sir. Uh, we'll go back over here now to David. Hello, David. Welcome to the show. Hey, Pete. Thanks for taking my call, man. Certainly. As always, I love your show. Thank you. I'll never I'll never stop listening to you, buddy, because uh, <laughs> you're insightful and entertaining, as I've said before. So I really appreciate what you do, and I, I love the fact that you're in the uh, 12 to 3 o'clock spot, man. It, it gives me uh, good memories. Well, thank That's very kind of you. I uh, not qualified to receive that kind of accolade, but I appreciate it. I did want to kind of raise something that I, I kind of disagree with you, and I, I want to do it respectfully with you, but you, you had talked about Trump not being a, I guess, a small government or, you know, I can't remember what you, what you call yourself, a limited government, small limited government person. And I look at his, his four years and I see a big tax cut. I see huge government deregulation. I see releasing the uh, energy industry, getting the government off the energy industry's back to give us energy independence. And I see three judges that are probably going to be less inclined to create law from the bench as other judges would be. And and I just think that is, you know, unfortunately, it's not as limited in small government as I would like to see either. But that certainly was a reducing in smaller government over the four years, in Mm -hmm. my opinion. So, so and I agree with you. The spending's ridiculous. I mean, that's that's neither here nor there. I mean, government is meant is in is in business to kind of spend its sure. own money and build itself. I mean, unfortunately, that's the way government. Yeah, it's goes. the natural tendency of government. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, and so the 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 twenty sixteen and twenty twenty were different elections, right? We had first when he was up in sixteen, there was no track record, and the things that he would say on the campaign trail, and then contradict himself, and then flip again, and that sort of thing. I had no confidence that he was actually a limited government proponent. There was no indication that he would be. The things he was saying, like talking about, you know, uh, going and arresting uh, women who have abortions. Remember that line? Stuff like that. And then even the pro-life movement was like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's not. And to some extent, I understand because the guy was not a movement conservative, right? He was a Democrat for most of his life. So he, he, he wasn't steeped in the movement. He didn't know conservative principles. So on the one hand, I understood that. But on the other hand, it didn't give me confidence that this is what he wanted to do. Then he gets into office and he does a bunch of executive orders, right? Some of which I, some of which I agreed with what he was trying to do, but don't like the executive orders. But then came the pandemic. And while I appreciated his, uh, I appreciated the, the, his decision to send it, you know, let the states decide. He got a little bit too, uh, a little bit too Fauci for me. <laughs> he was a little too Fauci. And, uh, yeah, and, and he's a chaos candidate. I just, but I don't think that's a governing philosophy, you know? He's, dis- yeah. he's a disruptor, but that's not built for long term. Yeah. So. Well, I, I, I mean, honestly, God, the, the COVID thing, 
you know, I look at it, the only way he was defeated was because China had to release a virus and then the Democrat Party had to close everything down. Um, but he was on board with the closures. Huh? He was on board with the closures. He attacked Brian Kemp for opening Georgia. I think he was on early on, but I think, uh, I, I don't know, I, I don't want to read into it, but... Uh, no, it is, that's exactly what... Yeah. Yeah, you're breaking up a little bit. All right, sorry, Dave. I got to. Yeah, I appreciate that call. I got to run. I'm way late for uh, the traffic report. Also, News Talk eleven ten ninety nine three WBT. Got an email here from Joseph. He says, "I noticed from Trump's announcement last night, no talk about the vaccine or lockdowns." And although he talked about some law and order, quote-unquote, he did not bring up any specifics. This is telling, since his main opponent, DeSantis, excelled at both bucking Fauci and keeping Florida from burning down during the mostly peaceful summer of Floyd. Trump will be extremely vulnerable on those two issues, and rightly so. The lockdowns and the riots are his biggest failures. And so when he went after DeSantis the other day, he made a comment about how, uh, you know, DeSantis locked down but didn't have to or something. And I went and I pulled uh, the historical record. And I went over it on the show. And um, Brian Kemp, Georgia, Brian Kemp was the first to open. And Trump said, you know, look, it's up to the states to decide, which I applauded him for doing. He got, you know, he got a lot of flack for that. But I I supported him in, in that because, again, that's a federalist model. Let the states decide. This is not a national edict to be handed down by me. I agree with that. Now, maybe that was, you know, political self-preservation, hide covering, whatever. It doesn't matter. Even the right decision made for the wrong reasons is the right call. So he made the right call. But then he attacks Kemp and says, I wouldn't do it. I think it's premature. He shouldn't reopen. So he was. So Trump was not in favor of reopening when Kemp reopened and when DeSantis reopened. So, yeah, I think that's going to be the pandemic is going to be a weakness, I think. Um, This is from Jay. Pete, this is why I email you. If you read the email on the air, then that means I said something smart enough to be repeated. (laughs) Enjoy the show. All right. Thank you, Jay. I appreciate the call. Here's a call you can make. Carolina Panthers, Charlotte FC, going to host the annual Tree Lighting Festival presented by Atrium Health. It's Tuesday, November 22nd. Starts at 5 o'clock. It's a free event, but you do need some tickets to get in. It's at Mint and Graham Streets outside B of A Stadium. Um, Free hot chocolate. They got some photo booths there. Uh, You can write letters to Santa, who's going to be there, by the way. Um, You can also make a fleece blanket with the Top Cats uh, and uh, make holiday cards for uh, all for the patients at Atrium Health's Levine's Children's Hospital. So, if you have some time next Tuesday, five o'clock, head on down. All right, let me go over here to Pat. Hello, Pat. Welcome to the program. Hi. Hi. Hey, hey be careful making that turn. <laughs> <laughs> I had to switch you over from the radio to the phone. <laughs> That's all right. No, I just want you to be safe. Yeah, thank you. Um, the reason I'm calling is because I've been noticing so much lately that WBT is just professing such negative stuff about Trump. And I, you know, I, I'm a Republican and I voted for, for Trump both times. Mm-hmm. But, and of course, I was very disappointed the second time. But 
um, with listening to all of the media and everything else, I was almost starting to get swayed against him. Until recently, I just happened to be streaming on YouTube one day, and I came across um, the Liberty University convocation speech of 10 years ago. And it was an eye-opener for me, because everything, everything that this man is, he has always been. He's been a patriot of this United States. He loves it more than anything. Um, everything that he did during his first four years, he was stating in this speech that these were the things that needed to be done in order to get this country back on track. Mm-hmm. And he did them. He was a man of his word. And I believe that today he still is a man of his word. And I really invite you and your audience to go on to YouTube and find the actual speech. Don't, don't just go to the one where it shows little excerpts and you've got to read it. You have to view the actual speech and know that it was 10 years ago before he had any indication that he would run for office. Well, he had toyed with it's the idea. Amazing. He had toyed with the idea of running for office uh, publicly prior to 2016. So, well, he kept getting he kept he kept getting promoted by people like um, Oprah Winfrey, sure, sure, and whatnot. They were interviewing him and saying, "So, when are you going to vote? For, yeah. When are you going to become the president of the United States?" Yeah, well, they, yeah, the media loved him uh, for a long time. Yeah, because they thought he was one of them. I think, but um, I mean, he used to be on Howard Stern all the time, and then Stern turned on him. Um, so let me address, I wrote down a couple of notes here while you were talking. So first off, I thought, I, I mean, I, I did just say, I think it was like within the last 20 minutes that I believe that Donald Trump is a patriot and loves America. I, I, I really do believe that. I never had any doubt about that. Um, so uh, like, I don't know what else I could say except to say that very same thing. I, I don't know if I need to try to persuade everybody to see it my way. I also think that he, just like every other human being, he's got negative qualities, uh, and and I point those out, too, when they have any kind of implication on uh, policy or uh, his ability to win policy. Uh, the other thing is uh, r- that you mentioned the um, uh, the, uh, the, the the anti-Trump on WBT. Uh, there isn't any, I, I can assure you there isn't any kind of uh, grand conspiracy here. We've gotten no memos. I've gotten nothing from management or other hosts or anybody else that has told me what I should believe. I've held these views since 2015, so seven years, right? So this, uh, and I just got here a year ago. So there's, there's, there's no grand plan here. I think the reason why you see and hear a lot of the same ideas or a lot of the same, I don't say ideas, but the same reactions is I think because that's the natural reaction. I think the natural reaction that I had is probably more in line with a lot more people than a lot of people who love Donald Trump want to acknowledge. I'm not, and, and this is not an indictment on Trump. Uh, there, I think there are a lot of people inside of Trump world, and, the, and 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 they love Donald Trump so much they cannot fathom why other people are repulsed by him. They don't understand it. Just like there are people that are repulsed by him and don't understand why people love him so much. Right? Like I can understand. For example, when he makes the jo- like he makes the joke, right, where he says, "Hey, Russia, if you got Hillary's emails, maybe you know." release them right when he made and to, like i heard him say that and i thought that's hilarious that's a joke but the people who hate him so much they thought he's actively calling for russia to to hack everybody um 
And I think this goes both ways. And I think that the people who host shows here on BT see that. And I think that's why you hear it. And a lot of the a lot of our audience really like Donald Trump. And so they try to persuade us that what we're seeing and hearing isn't what we're seeing and hearing. And, mm-hmm. and, and, well, I know that Vince in the morning I was listening one morning and, and boy, he was really, really onto a negative row here with yeah. Trump. And he was almost getting me swayed. <laughs> well, that just and, that and is I, a testament to Vince's power. And then when I, yeah. No, I say that's a testament to Vince's power of persuasion right there. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well, you know, all of you in media have the power of persuasion. You can put thoughts into people's heads that they never even would think about thinking. Mm-hmm. And, and they start thinking about them, and they start eating them up, and they think, oh, my God, it's true. Mm-hmm. And it's, that's what it is. But, you know, we can't be narrow-minded. We have to be open-minded about everything. And as you said earlier, we all have faults. Mm-hmm. We all have things that all the, some people are not going to like. We can't please everybody all the time. Right. Wasn't it Abe Lincoln who said that? So, you know, come on. <laughs> no, I, I, I just All I'm doing is asking the audience who feels that he is such a bad person mm-hmm. and should never, ever run again or should never be president again, should at least view this Liberty University convocation speech of 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. All right. And you can see everything he says. Okay, Pat, I got it. I got to go. I, you, you've made the, uh, the plea. People can go find the video if they so choose. Uh, I don't know if it's going to persuade the people who liked him and then didn't like him and didn't vote for him again, that sort of thing. But they know where to go to find it. I appreciate the call. Good discussion. Talk 1110-993-WBT. A reminder, the car show, Charlotte Auto Show, starts tomorrow. Brett Winterbull is going to be down there at the auto show, 29th annual auto show at the convention center. Hero Day as well. Uh, if you are a veteran, active uh, military, a teacher, in the medical community. Um, what was the other? Oh, see, because I put away the sheet here and I don't have it in front of me. What am I missing? There was one other profession, teachers, medical, police. Well, go, all right. well, go look it up. Hero Day. You get in for free. Got to have an ID. And say hi to Brett. And take a look at all the cars. It'll be a ton of fun. Um, I got uh, David and Jimmy on the line. Let me get to a quick email first. This is from Jan, who says, uh, Pete, if you don't want to vote for somebody, I see no problem with not voting for them. You want to vote for somebody? I see no problem voting for them. If you want to think none of the above and leave it blank, go for it. You say you've never voted for an establishment party candidate. I voted for one, Ronald Reagan. Since 1988, I woke up a little bit and have voted against a candidate rather than for one ever since. Yeah, and that's another thing. People, people uh, they view their vote as a vote against the other person versus a vote for somebody. And other people view their vote as a vote for somebody, not necessarily against that other one. Right. People look at their votes in all sorts of ways. David, welcome to the show. Hey, David. How you doing? Hey, I'm well. What's up? Um, I am a huge, huge Trump supporter, but I'm, I'm not going to vote for him this time. I, I just think this, this whole thing is going to be about motivation. And these, these liberals 
they would walk through a blizzard to vote against him. <laughs> a blizzard uh, and fire. Yes, I believe you are correct. A fire, and, like a like a forest fire during a blizzard. They would walk through that on glass, on glass shoes, uh, in order to uh, to vote against Trump. Yes, I agree. Yep, and I think if they didn't vote for him in 2020 against a guy that stayed in his basement the whole time, <laughs> how in the world is he going to get elected now? My right. wife is one of the most gentle persons I, I, I've ever met, and she comes out and she says, I hate Trump. I hate Trump. And my God, I never heard her say anything like that before. Mm. I just don't see him winning. Yeah, so yeah, she's like your canary in the coal mine. Um, yep. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. And and here's but here's the nice thing. A lot of people are getting worked up right now about Trump and because he announced, obviously, that he's running. Um, but we don't have to make this decision. We don't we don't have to make this call. We could take some time and think about it, everyone. Like we just let them do their thing. OK, convince me. Make your sales pitch. Let's hear it. You know, and then we just just kind of think it over for the next year and a half. Yeah. Yep. And yeah. a lot of people, a lot of Trump Trump people that I know are saying that they don't want him to run because they don't think he's going to win. So don't don't let yourself be fooled that all these Trump voters are are for Trump this time because that's not true. Well, I think Rob said it earlier. You know, we hired him to come in. I think he said be the rhinoceros in the China shop and do the damage. And he did that. He fulfilled that role. Now we need somebody to govern. Can he do that? And I don't know if he yeah. can. Also, he has everybody knows who he is. His name ID is like a hundred percent, and his approvals are under forty. So where's the room to grow there? Does he convince people that disapprove of him to now approve of him? Do they do they all of a sudden say, "Oh, you know what? Okay, I'm going to vote for him." Now maybe the economy and and uh, uh, everything else goes south so badly so quickly that yeah, maybe maybe he gets a whole bunch of anti Biden votes. I don't know, but that's a heck of a it's a heck of a uh, an issue to to hang the whole election on. Yeah, if he could win, I'd vote for him in a second. I love what he did, but I just don't think he can win. Yeah, I hear you, David. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Thank you. Hi, buddy. Um, I'll get Jimmy on here real quick. Hello, Jimmy. Welcome. Hi, I got about a minute for you. Well, I remember when um, Barack Obama ran and. When I didn't, and being I'm black, and my mother, I told my mother that I wasn't voting for her. And she just, like, went nuts <laughs> <laughs> of why, and I gave her the reasons why. And I, like, I didn't vote for John McCain or Romney. You know, I voted down ballot for both those uh, presidential things. Mm-hmm. And she just, just never understood why. That I couldn't, and I just said, well, just look what he represents. And it just, she still doesn't understand it even. <laughs> no. I actually put my name down. <laughs> Both those races. <laughs> I hear you, Jimmy. Thanks for the call, sir. I appreciate it. All right, good to hear from you. Um, I got a message here real quick also from Beth. I'll try to get to all of it here. Beth says, uh, I can think of one good reason why a libertarian-leaning voter such as yourself should choose Trump over Biden. Uh, Trump administration would not advocate censoring any on-air statements made by you or any other hosts at WBT. Can't say the same about Democrats. She talks about the Disinformation Governance Board as an example, right? Um, Compare and contrast the carefully constructed, heavily scripted press conferences. I'm not going to have time to read the whole email. I'll I'll get to it tomorrow. I'm sorry. Sorry. See you tomorrow, though. Don't break anything while I'm gone.